The following podcast may contain adult language and conversations revolving around situations not suitable for immature audiences. Spoilers and general political incorrectness can often be expected, so listener discretion is advised. They must be destroyed on sight! Hey guys, welcome to another episode of They Must Be Destroyed on Site, a movie podcast. I'm your host, Lee Russell. This is not an official episode of the podcast, but a intermission episode, which is usually recorded whenever I can't get together with Daniel and Paul to do a regular episode of the podcast. So this is just a little stopgap kind of thing to get any regular listeners their little bit of a movie review fix, I guess, to some degree. And hopefully we'll get back to regular episodes soon. It's not going to happen for the next two weeks. This week and next week, we're not going to be recording together. has more to do with my schedule than anything else. Also, the movie we were looking to record next is Vampiros Lesbos, directed by Jess Franco. We had a little trouble finding one with English subtitles. There's plenty of versions of it out on the web. Uh, Daniel finally grabbed a torrent with subtitles. And we're going to try to get that to work out for all of us and watch the movie and do an episode on it. But until that happens, and that will probably be the weekend of the 27th, 28th, yeah, you're getting this. And next week, hopefully, you'll be able to get a commentary track from my brother and I. If you look back a few episodes, you'll see my brother and I did a commentary track for the 1990 remake of Night of the Living Dead, directed by Tom Savini. We had a lot of fun doing that. So we decided, uh, you know, we should pick another movie and do another commentary at some point. And the one I really want to do is this little black exploitation film from 1974 called Jive Turkey. It's also known as Baby Needs a New Pair of Shoes and Get Nigger Rich on Number Six Six Six. It's a if you if you cannot tell, it's a ballsy little black exploitation film. Uh, it's a period piece set in the fifties. It's uh, very low budget, kind of shabby around the edges, but it's got a lot of charms, and I'm a fan of it. And you can get it anywhere. You can get it on the Mill Creek bundle sets or whatever uh, because it's public domain. You can get it on YouTube. So yeah, we we wanted to do a commentary because I don't think anyone's ever done a commentary for that film, and I think it deserves at least a fan commentary uh, just to have a little fun and watch the movie. It's a great party black exploitation film. So that, that's the plan for next week, and then Vampiros Lesbos. After that, we're going to try to get Daniel's uh, wife Shana in with Daniel and our mutual friend Ryan. And maybe do a couple of Mel Brooks films. Don't know how that will work out having that many people on the podcast, but it should be an interesting experience uh, nonetheless. And then get a friend of mine from the uh, beer reviewing world, uh, the Beer Zerker. And he showed some interest in coming in on this episode for Zardos. And actually it was kind of a request to his that we do Zardos, so he wanted to get in on it. And uh, I know Daniel's up for doing Zardoz, and I, I definitely want to do Zardoz. But yeah, just wacky sci-fi film, really, really crazy. And we're going to get into that. So that's sort of the plan. It's, it's definitely going to bleed into the December. Uh, the rest of December, we're kind of hoping, will be taken up with Amicus films. Uh, Daniel showed some interest in doing Amicus. I know Paul is all hot for doing some Amicus stuff, as I am. Love Amicus films. We were thinking of focusing on the anthologies for now. 
Um, maybe a little jumping into another sort of category for the index on our uh, Podbean site, uh, anth- anthology horror films. We are definitely looking into doing that. And I think we could probably get away with maybe even covering like three Amicus anthologies an episode. So we could probably burn through all the Amicus uh, anthology uh, horror films in maybe like, what, three episodes at the most, I think? I I think we could probably do it. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing that. And then, of course, we're going to have some sort of uh, year-end wrap-up show where we do maybe like our best of um, the stuff that we saw either new or for the first time at the very least in 2015 that impressed us the most. So that's what the sort of schedule is vaguely laid out as being for the podcast uh, for the near future. So just uh, just to let you guys know what to expect. And yeah, so that's it. Um, we're going to be doing a review here uh, tonight. It's going to be a film, Bone Tomahawk. And uh, I'll get into that near the end of the show. But before then, we're going to take a little break, maybe play a little bit of music, then we're going to jump back, and I'm going to do some plugs uh, for some podcasts that I really enjoy. And yeah, and after that, we'll jump into the review of Bone Tomahawk. But we'll be right back, guys. That was Night Theme by Iggy Pop and James Williamson from uh, Kill City, one of the greatest rock and roll records ever recorded, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Pretty much the closest thing to the American version of the Rolling Stones, although perhaps a little bit more sleazy and dirty than the Rolling Stones could even get. Fucking great album. If you've never heard it, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice. It's one of my all-time favorite albums. So we're probably going to play some more selections from that later on in this episode. So there you go. Uh, now we're going to go on to a few podcasts. I just want to pimp out really quick. Sure, uh, I, one I mention all the time, but I'm going to mention again, of course, Midnight Movie Cowboys. Stu, Hunter, and John uh, are the hosts, and it's an excellent podcast. Covers movies, covers uh, music, covers a lot of stuff. In fact, I think they're planning on doing an actual music podcast at some point. At least I hope they do. It'd be really cool. But uh, they do have their rock and roll month every year. Yeah, they cover movies. They cover cool movies. They don't limit themselves to genre. Uh, they they move around from different stuff, all kinds of cool stuff, uh, shit that might be a little off the radar for a lot of people. And uh, it's just a lot of fun to listen to. Very on PC, uh, a lot of great banter, a lot of funny stuff going on, and it's always entertaining. So 
Uh, check out the Midnight Movie Cowboys. Uh, by the way, all, everything I mentioned here, of course, is at our Podbean site, tmbdos.podbean.com, linked on the uh, right-hand side under the heading of Travel Destinations. So you can check them out there. Another one I want to mention is Slaughter Film, of course, Corey Carr and Forrest Taylor. One of my all-time favorite podcasts. Uh, they do pretty much strictly horror movies for the most part, and uh, a lot of their format stuff that they do is stuff I just directly ripped off for this podcast, so I owe them quite a bit as far as that goes, and both really uh, awesome to listen to. They got a good sort of conversation going on every time, and uh, they, they make it look easy. They make it look really, really easy. Uh, just a lot of fun. Uh, another one I want to mention is the Chromecast, which is an excellent, uh, if you're a fan of Robert E. Howard, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, sort of writers like that of weird fiction, especially from like the 20s to the 40s or so, they're definitely something to look into. They just had their Chromtober series where they uh, covered some horror stories from various weird fiction writers, including Lovecraft, and um, they did some ghost stories and things like that. Very, very fun. Uh, very informative and interesting. Uh, they come in as sort of laymen, and they, you know, they do the research, and it's fun to sort of ba- basically read along and learn learn along with them over books and stuff that I really like. Stories from writers uh, that I really enjoy, and again, they have good banter. They're always pretty much swigging down bourbon while they're doing the recording, so I appreciate that definitely uh, as a lover of bourbon. And they're a lot of fun, a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, very informative and interesting podcast, and. Very easy to get into. Very, very easy to get into. Sometimes they cover music as well. They cover uh, metal and stuff, for the most part, that's inspired by Robert E. Howard to some degree. Um, and other stuff like Lovecraft-inspired music and things like that, too. So they're, they're trying to cover everything. Lovecraft and Robert E. Howard and similar writers like that of weird fiction. And uh, heroic fantasy fiction and stuff like that. So a lot, a lot of fun. Really love it. This is one probably everyone knows, Projection Booth. Very, very uh, well-known podcast at this point, I think. Uh, very professional. This is the podcast that uh, sometimes <laughs> they'll, they'll go to great lengths to uh, pick clean the bones of every movie that they uh, review. Uh, they go super in-depth all the time. They try to get as many people related to the movie as they can in interviews or at least people who are familiar with the subject matter to some great degree, and uh, they do extensive interviews when they can get them. Uh, They did a seven-hour podcast on Conan the Barbarian, which is fucking fantastic. I've actually listened to it twice. It tells you how good their stuff is. Uh, These these guys are pretty much, as far as you want to go, like professionals, I guess, as far as movie podcast reviewing goes. I guess they're about as close as you can get um, for that sort of thing. But they don't come off as pretentious wankers. So I really enjoy that podcast. Really informative. Another one, quickly becoming one of my uh, all-time favorites, is the Badass Boobs and Body Counts podcast. couple hosting there, uh, Mike and Iris. Uh, also a lot of fun to listen to. Very, very funny banter. They pick all kinds of really sleazy, cheesy exploitation stuff to review for the most part. Uh, currently doing a giveaway where if you subscribe to them on Twitter, uh, drawn, I guess, at the end of December, for a 200-movie pack from uh, Mill Creek. Uh, it's, it's essentially bundles, like four of Mill Creek's sort of 50-movie uh, collection things, 
and uh, into 200 movies. So you get 50 discs, 200 movies. All you got to do is follow them on Twitter and I think retweet or send a direct message, something like that. If you go to Twitter, you'll find it. Uh, but uh, I'm I put my fucking name in. Fuck yeah, I'd love to have a 200 that 200 movie set. I, if if I don't get it from this straw, I'm gonna buy it anyway off of eBay or someplace. Really fun podcast. They actually they actually uh, sort of count up the body counts and and the boobs in every film. Just as a fun little aside, and uh, I really enjoy the, their style. I really enjoy the way they do stuff. And uh, yeah, so those are some fun f- podcasts to check out. And of course, there's all kinds of other really cool stuff uh, on our sidebar here on the right side of the page at uh, tmbdos.podbean.com for uh, our official Podbean site. Under travel destinations, just look at all these nice little podcasts sitting there and uh, check check them all out. Honestly, this is all stuff I listen to on a regular basis. So there you go. All right, guys, and just a little bit of a sad aside here. Uh, I think it was reported uh, earlier this week, or perhaps it was just late last week. Uh, Gunnar Hansen passed away. Uh, late sixties, I think he was sixty-eight or sixty-nine when he passed on from cancer. And uh, yeah, very sad. Uh, it's it's kind of funny though. It's like he's very well beloved, uh, very iconic, and it's all for just one role. Really, he's sort of a one-hit wonder in the horror movie uh, universe. Uh, but quite an impact impactful one though, isn't he? Um, pretty pretty like I said, pretty iconic. He played Leatherface first before anyone else. Uh, never did it again. Uh, although he did show up in the uh texas chainsaw 3d from a couple years back which uh is best forgotten uh that the whole movie was basically an abortion but yeah he after that he had a fairly long career he did a lot of other stuff but a lot of it was just riffs on his uh leatherface character uh making fun of his leatherface character like any chance they could get they put him in a movie and they'd have him make a reference to chainsaws or pull out a chainsaw um i think the movie mosquito that he was in he pulls out a chainsaw at some one point um and he was in a bunch of other movies like that uh he was in hollywood chainsaw hookers so there you go um and the last thing i saw him in was uh brutal massacre or comedy which was a slightly different kind of role for him very entertaining it was kind of a return to him to uh movies after being away for it for quite a while um i think he was another one of these guys who wasn't necessarily sort of like wes craven where got a kind of got typecast into uh whenever he was getting roles it would be for horror uh i think he was much more interested in sort of doing more than just that in his career and you know kudos to him whatever he wanted to do um from what i've heard i've heard conflicting reports i've heard some people say he was an asshole or you know, a little aloof at conventions and stuff. Then I've heard other people say he was, you know, incredibly nice and generous and a total gentleman. Uh, my co-host Paul met him once, so uh, at least I believe he said he did and said he had nothing but nice things to say about him. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, very sad. Uh, rest in peace to him. Uh, he made that character, man. Um, he basically just took what would be otherwise a the sort of trope of the d- retarded hillbilly killer and actually put some depth into the character if you actually watch that film and watch the performance. It's actually quite a remarkable performance, I think. And uh, he'll definitely be missed. Definitely be missed. So rest in peace, Gunner. 
And now, guys, we will move on. Hello, I am Adai Argento, and when I am not making a movies involving my daughter being naked and spreading her butt cheeks for my camera, I am listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight, a move of a podcast. The schools. Alright, now we're just going to go right into a little bit of a mini-review for a film I watched a week ago or so uh, that really impressed me. I think it's really on my sort of top ten list this year. At the very least, it's going to be an honorable mention. Um, I'll explain a little bit more later why I say that. But it's called Bone Tomahawk from this year, 2015, directed by S. Craig Zoller. It's quite, It's got quite the cast list, man. It uh, stars Kurt Russell uh, as Sheriff Franklin Hunt. It's got Patrick Wilson in it. It's got Sean Young in it, of all people. Uh, Matthew Fox, who I think was from, is best known as a character from, I think, from Lost, I think. I, I never really watched that fucking show, so I don't know. But uh, he, he's in it. Uh, David Arquette and Sid Haig have uh, little small parts in basically the opening of the film. It's also got Richard Jenkins in it, and a very unrecognizable Richard Jenkins at that. But a uh, really impressive cast. It's essentially a sort of a Western men on a mission film. Uh, so, someone in relate, somewhat related to like the searchers in, in a little bit, in a little way, um, to some degree anyway. It, it's, it's a mishmash of old West and horror to some degree. Kind of, I guess you could basically call it a weird Western is probably the best way to uh, sum it up. Uh, reminds me a lot of Robert E. Howard's sort of weird westerns where he'd perhaps throw like um, a supernatural occurrence into it. Sort of, you know, his his stuff was, when he did weird western, it either was, you know, just like a really brutal or it actually had some sort of supernatural kind of thing element underneath it as well. Kind of a stripped down, more pulpy version of like an Ambrose Bierce uh, tale, some of the stuff that he used to do. So, yeah, really, really interesting fucking film, man. It's a men on a mission film. It basically involves this small little town. Kurt Russell's the sheriff of the town. And uh, one person in the town is killed, and three other are kidnapped after this drifter, played by David Arquette, comes into town, and who is basically suspected of being a murderer and a thief, which is true. He's a murderer and a thief. But uh, he sort of sort of gets the attention of these this uh, isolated tribe of uh, Native Americans. Now, this is not the usual, and this is kind of refreshing as well, uh, the way they did this. This is not the usual savage uh, Indian who is uh, going around murdering and killing. Now, I don't know, to some degree, some of the Indian nations probably were like that. You know, uh, this whole idea of all the Native Americans being these uh, advanced, noble savages or whatever people want to sort of retcon it as these days, uh, politically correct and all that bullshit. But so some of these cultures were fairly primitive, and I'm not faulting them for that. And uh, the stuff we did to them was horrible as well. This sort of goes and throws that out the window. Uh, doesn't doesn't go the usual road of the, uh, the Indians are just bad, you know, they're just savages who have to be tamed or whatever. These Indians are actually real savages, like legit, uh, an isolated group that even the other Indian uh, nations in the area, the other Indian tribes 
uh, stay the fuck away from. Uh, and in the, in this case, it sort of reminds me of uh, the movie 13, uh, 13th Warrior, or 13 Warriors, whatever the fuck it was, the Antonio Banderas film, where he played a Muslim, basically hanging out with a bunch of fucking Viking warriors, and it was supposed to be, you know, it was uh, sort of a slight retelling of uh, the Beowulf story from a different perspective, trying to make it more of a historical drama kind of thing. Uh, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. I, I like that kind of shit. It's just kind of like an alternate history kind of thing almost. But there was the the bad guys in that film were essentially a isolated group of Neanderthals that had not died out. And so, in a way, this is sort of the same thing. Uh, these this Indian tribe who are all cannibals are called troglodytes. It's pretty interesting. Like it's it, it's it's a good way to sort of get past that uh, stereotypically Indians are bad guys Hollywood thing, you know. So and they they actually have a Indian who has been sort of assimilated into white culture, who is like an educated Indian who obviously had the benefit of a uh, Western education or whatever, who's like a doctor, basically just flat out explained to all the dumb white people that these these guys are real fucking savages, unlike my people, and these are guys you just stay the fuck away from because they're just going to murder the hell out of everybody. Um, but, yeah, so they go, they go on this quest. Uh, like I said, it reminds me of a Robert E. Howard Western to some degree because these guys are all sort of tough characters. Uh, also reminds me of Unforgiven, and that's where the dialogue comes into play. This film is fairly dialogue heavy and it feels very authentic and very interesting. Uh, it's a lot of, lot of just character stuff going on. Uh, these different characters are pretty much dynamically opposed uh, to, to each other to some degree. Like they're very different people. Uh, Richard Jenkins, he just loses himself in this character. I, I didn't even realize it was him until I saw the credits roll, honestly. Uh, that That's how much he slips into his fucking role as a sort of bumbling deputy so he's sort of the comic relief of the film kurt russell is here he could do anything but he, uh, he almost feels like he was born to play this character he's, he's sort of growing out his whiskers here for uh i don't know if he did this before or after the hateful eight uh, i assume this was uh before the hateful eight so he was basically growing in his whiskers for the hateful eight and hey let's make another western while i'm doing it right and man what a fucking mustache man fucking um, fucking impressive Fucking impressive. But yeah, they, they it's basically this long men on a mission thing. A lot of it is them walking. <laughs> a lot of it is just them going on their journey. There, there's only two really mo big moments of uh, violence and horror in the film. Uh, there's one incredibly graphic moment near the end of the film that uh, I'm not going to spoil for anybody. It's just, let's just say it'll make you cringe. I think it will. It's just impressively done. It comes out of nowhere and it's just brutal and graphic. But a lot of it is them walking and talking, and if that's not the kind of thing you're into, then you want to stay clear of this movie. Honestly, this movie probably could have trimmed off 30 minutes, and I would not have felt bad about it. But, you know, I'm, I'm not opposed to long films. It, it didn't bore me, but I could see how it would bore other people. And the pacing issue is a little bit, a little bit of an issue. Um, and I think this movie has a bit of a rewatch value problem as well. Uh, that's probably the biggest problem I have with the film, is that once you watch the film and all of its uh, secrets are revealed and all of its tricks are played, probably don't want to rewatch it again, honestly. Uh, I don't know. Um, I might want to rewatch it for the performances and the characters, but 
yeah, the movie sort of uh, throws all of its cards on the table by the end of the film, and I, I don't know if there is a lot of rewatch value in it, but man, the ride, watching it the first time through, fucking amazing, great movie. Uh, just came out of nowhere. It was just some little movie shot in 21 days, and they did a great job with it. And, um, yeah, I, I highly recommend you watch it, especially if you like Robert E. Howard westerns and stuff like that, or you just like westerns that sort of, the sort of more uh, alternate westerns, you know, the the sort of ones that sort of take the myth out of the western, you know. They, they show you sort of more the harsh, dirty reality of things. I like how the sort of characters in this film, you sort of expect them to go a certain way. Uh, you s sort of expect their characters to have certain moments. Like, it seems like the film's building these characters to certain moments. And then the movie throws all those uh, expectations right out the fucking window and gives you something quite a bit different, quite a bit more brutal. And, um, yeah, it's just really worth watching. I, 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 I really don't want to spoil it. I really want people to watch it. And uh, I think a lot of people are going to enjoy this one. It's, it's, it's a little sleeper of a gym from this year, and it's well worth checking out. Ah! Alright guys, and uh, I think I'm going to call it here. That's an episode. Again, apologies that this is just one of the uh, intermission ones and not a regular episode. Uh, I know there's a lot more interesting uh, than just me sitting here blabbing on. Uh, yada, 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 bullshit, 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 yada, 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 followed by more bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. But that's just the way it goes this week. Um, at the very least, I feel like I owe some content to the one or two listeners we have for some fucking reason. I don't know why, but do appreciate uh, everyone who listens. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for indulging me this week alone and just listening to basically me talk about nothing. But that's the way it goes. So, uh, yeah, we're just going to go out with uh, two more tracks from the album Kill City from uh, uh, Iggy Pop and James Williamson. Uh, ironically enough, all the tracks I played from this album uh, didn't really feature Iggy Pop's vocals. Well, I guess Night Theme, sort of, in the very background, you can kind of hear Iggy Pop saying some shit, but not really. It's more just uh, James Williamson than anything else. But uh, there you go. We're going to have the reprise of Night Theme, and then we're going to go out with Master Charge. All right, guys. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. For our other episodes, links to Daniel, Paul, and Lee's other stuff, and links to some great podcasts of similar interest, visit us at tmbdos.podbean.com. There you can leave us comments on the site or directly email us. We listen and respond to everything. Thank you. Drive through.